Hello, Train 2.0 Show Nation fans, friends, whoever's listening right now. I want to talk about ego, humility, leadership, confidence. I'm coming at you from the beautiful uh, Kitsilano Beach here in Vancouver, BC. And I just love that I can record from anywhere on this Anchor app. Highly recommend that you download it. So in this little episode, I want to talk about the idea of leadership, ego, humility, confidence, because I think that the hockey culture kind of emphasizes not the wrong parts of it, but kind of reinforces this kind of awkward version of uh, uh, leadership and confidence and egolessness and humility. And we see players like Sidney Crosby and we see their humility, but we don't see their lack of ego. It's it's hard to, it's hard to see. And I, and I want to kind of uh, shine light on these different areas so that players can kind of get a clear picture of what's what and how to develop that confidence, that humility, that egolessness. So what we see in hockey is Crosby, who's very humble, right? And, and a lot of people, or Gretzky, who is very humble. And we get a little con- confused because uh, I think a lot of players turn that into self-deprecation, um, which then comes across as lack of confidence. Um, and, and we don't really talk about the ego a ton. And let me tell you, there's a ton of ego in hockey. Um, and we don't really talk a ton about leadership, how that humility leads to leadership. And I'd like to kind of weave all those together for you right now. So the first step in having, um, you know, getting to leadership and getting that humility is actually having no ego. And I'm going to take a break uh, because I'm going to do a few chin-ups here. Can you hear that? Oh, there's one. There's two. There's three. What are you doing right now? Do some sit-ups. Do some push-ups. Come on. Four. Five. That's good for now. Okay. Uh, We're back. (laughs) No ego. Now, uh, what I mean by no ego is the ego, a lot of you guys will know or, uh, you know, at least be familiar with the idea. It's kind of like this idea of who you are and kind of this identity that you have and a lot of people have the identity that they are right that they deserve stuff um, they deserve to be treated fairly um, and you know they're smart and they're never wrong um, and they're good and these things are fine beliefs to have um, but the problem is is when you believe them so much that it clouds your view on reality we don't observe reality directly. Instead, you uh, you know you observe what you what's uh, what's happening, and then your ego defense mechanisms kick in and say, "Oh no no no, it's actually this." I'll give you an example. Growing up, and even up until very recently, my ego, my identity was that I was right, I was smart, and so I would work really hard. There's an ego defense to work really hard to learn a lot of things so that in any argument, I would be right. Um, 
And I, it, it went so far that I would want to, I'd, I'd sooner be right in my argument and my reasoning than get results. Um, so I'd rather say, well, I went about doing this the right way, even though I lost, right? And that, and that could have been in a whole bunch of areas. Now, that is ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous from the outside. And once I kind of identified that, it, it, it was certainly ridiculous to me and dumb. But I think a lot of people have these ego defense mechanisms and then don't recognize it, right? They don't want to admit that they're bad at something, right? They're like, I'm good. And they're afraid to admit that they're bad or that they fucked up or that they were wrong. And they're afraid to admit that. And as a result, they end up not observing reality directly. They observe instead like their own emotional reaction to it. And this really holds people back because when you can't observe reality directly, you can't make adjustments to it. You're literally living in like a fantasy land, like a delusional land. And one of the things with ego that is like really tricky to tease apart is that often big egos look like or, or lack of ego looks like big ego and what I mean by this is you know like let's just take the example of Trump everyone says that he has a big ego which he does he uses it as a tool but think of the amount of idiotic things he says right as a as a president and the amount of embarrassment embarrassment that that guy takes right and, and how how much people think that that guy's just an idiot if you had a big ego, your ego would not be able to handle that level of criticism. Now, I, again, I'm, I'm not like a proponent of Trump or what he says or what he, what he um, does. I'm just saying that like the amount of abuse that guy takes, he couldn't have an ego because if you, could you imagine if you took that amount of abuse? If you had every single news outlet in the world other than Fox News saying that how dumb you are and how stupid all your decisions were, like, I would crumble. <laughs> My ego can't take that. Um, he literally has the whole world um, hating him, right? You got to have like no ego in order to have that happen. Now, like I said, it looks like big ego because he talks about how great and humongous and, and everything all of his brands and buildings are. But again, he's willing to endure that embarrassment. He's willing to endure all those people saying how dumb it sounds in order to say those words. So ego is different from humility, but that willingness to be embarrassed, uh, that willingness to fail, that willingness to look stupid, that willingness to be wrong is the first step. Now, I explain this in depth in the Alpha Hockey Mind course in the Train 2.0 membership, but I talk about the ordinary superpower, the idea that you can um, handle embarrassment and your career success is directly linked to your ability to handle embarrassment, failure, um, and being wrong again and again and again. So the, the more you can be embarrassed, the more your ego can withstand being embarrassed, the more successful you will be. Um, now, that's just a hypothesis. I talk about it a lot, but just do a quick little, you know, mini observational experiment in your life and just Think of people you know who are successful and think of their um, ability to withstand embarrassment. And let me know if you can think up just if there's a correlation there, if you, if you observe that. So, and how do you go about developing that? You get good at being embarrassed over time. 
you start out small and <laughs> you get bigger and bigger and bigger. So you can just start by doing little things to practice fearing, you know, getting failure, losing, being wrong, uh, you know, getting embarrassed, little things. And you'll notice it's like a muscle. The more you do it, the better you get. So that's ego. And I really think that ego is like the first step to humility, which then leads to leadership and, and confidence. So let's say you've got rid of ego and make, make no mistake, it's, it's, like a, it's like an ego illusion to say, oh, I have gotten rid of my ego because you never have, but you can be aware of it and start to, to kind of like uh, lean into it instead of um, being trapped by it. But that's, I think, the first step because the steps of humility are admitting, and this is kind of showed through science, this is kind of scientific definition of it, the steps of humility are kind of admitting your weaknesses and then acting differently because of them, uh, giving credit where credit is due on your team and giving positive uh, reinforcement to your team. And the third one is really just um, you know, giving the others the opportunity to teach you. The, that ability to learn from others, that openness of learning from others. Now you can kind of see here how if you have an ego, those three things are totally impossible, right? If you cannot admit your weaknesses um, and, and own them and be honest about them, then you will never, you know, if, if you have an ego, that'll just never happen, right? Because the ego thinks it's strong. It doesn't want to acknowledge its weaknesses. It wants to think that it's always right. Um, and that involves kind of like, you know, not admitting any sort of weakness at all. So the first thing is ego and then, you know, admitting your weakness. Next up is giving uh, credit to others when they do well. And that means opponents, that, that means teammates, that means teammates that are maybe better than you, that took your spot. Uh, and again, if you have an ego, you can't do that, right? Do you ever see, I, you know, rugby is like a strange sport because, you know, when a, a player makes like a, a really good try, they kind of help each other up and, you know, give them a tap on the back and, uh, and they kind of love each other for like, wow, you really did well there, you got the best of me, well done. The sport kind of like that. That's kind of like the culture to it. Hockey's a little bit more kind of like, there's a bit more animosity there. It's like, you know, oh shit, like you beat me, fuck you, you're a loser kind of thing. That's kind of the a difference in, in culture. Um, and you can see how one breeds a bit more ego than the other. Um, and, you know, you can't say it's because it's a physical sport because rugby, you know, like a split second earlier, they're like crashing with their like jaw bones into knee bones and ankle bones. And then the next thing, they're kind of giving each other credit for a really great play. Um, you know, who knows the roots of the culture, but, uh, you know, I, that's just kind of like a, a, something that I see is a little different is that, that ability to give uh, credit where credit's due. And then openness to learning from others. I don't see many players who are super duper open to learning from other players or, or even admitting that they're interested in learning from other players. And I'm gonna learn from my chin-ups here. I'm gonna do a few more here. Uh, 
we'll do another five. There's one, two, three, four, five. Oh, I think on the Anchor app you can give me applause, so I'd like some of that. Uh, so, that's kind of the idea with humility. And then you can, so like I say, I think ego precedes humility. And then once you have humility, then that looks like leadership. Because, you know, in the face of failure, the face of people, you know, making fun of you, in the face of not being the best player, or maybe being the best player, or, you know, dominating your opponent, if you can still uh, exude those three things, that openness to your own weakness, giving credit to others, and then that openness of learning from others, that's humble and it looks like leadership. And so when we look at someone like Crosby, say like that guy can't have any ego because look at the amount of credit he gives to um, his teammates and his team all the time. Think of someone like Jonathan Tate, think of Gretzky, right? Uh, they're also open about their weaknesses. I, I don't think they're too um, boastful about how good they are. They seem to be very grounded in uh, understanding who they are. And third is they're consummate learners. Like, you know, Crosby is known as one of the, the most studious players in the game. Now, like I said earlier, I think this gets misconstrued with self-deprecation. I think people who have egos do their best just to be, uh, just to kind of kick the crap out of themselves in front of people to give that illusion of humility without fully understanding what it is. So I think you can learn lessons here from this definition of ego, from the definition of humility, and, 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 and if you can use that, you can really turn that into leadership. And like in the last couple podcasts, I talk about kind of using these podcasts as a form of self-hypnosis and then the power of positivity and gratitude in hockey. Well, you can't do that with an ego, right? We're, we're on this movement here. I think you, know, you wouldn't be listening to this right now if you didn't agree, but we're on this movement here of really changing the game. We're making positivity and gratitude sexy. We're making learning uh, a really important part of the game. We're making love for the game stronger than, than any sort of hate for each other or hate for our coaches. Like we're just, we're pumping that up and we're sharing it and we're turning on best practices and technology and science and uh, teamwork and leadership. We're turning all that on. And I'm talking directly to the, the players right now who feel like they're alone in the, in the world uh, where, where they're taking this approach to development and improving themselves and it doesn't seem like you know your teammates are on your side. You have to get rid of your ego, right? You have to be willing to be embarrassed by your teammates who look down on you, right? Let them, let them. What's on the other side of that? Right? Because if you let them make you feel embarrassed and like a failure and like a loser and you own it and you don't care, what does that look like? That looks like leadership. Right? It takes humility 
and it looks like leadership. So if you have a message, if you have a way of going about your training, your hockey development, your career, and it's in alignment with this gratitude, with this positivity, with best practices, with leadership, with really growing the love of this game, and then that's at odds with your teammates, guess what, it's not them, it's you. It's you, right? You have to be that force. You have to be willing to tolerate that embarrassment of looking dumb for a second, but it all gets turned around when you endure it, when you own it, and when you look like a leader. Because leaders lead, right? Leaders lead, leaders create movements, but it takes that, that real kind of risk, that gut feeling of, of you know, a hot knife getting stabbed in your belly that is the ego, that's the physical manifestation of the ego. It, t- it means taking that and then powering through it, breathing through it, taking that next step. There was something that I, a quote I heard from Will Smith, uh, which I didn't understand a ton at the time, which was that, what is on the other side of fear? Nothing, right? What is on the other side of fear? Nothing, there's nothing there. Once you kind of go into that fear and embrace it, and step to the other side of it, there's nothing there. It's, it's gone. It is gone. So same thing for embarrassment, think, same thing for failure, same thing for uh, being wrong. And it's something I work on absolutely every single day. And like, go back, go look at my shit from two, three years ago, and you'll see the fact, even a year ago, you'll look at some of the things I said and did and I didn't want to be wrong. I, and I still don't like being wrong. I didn't want to be embarrassed. I still don't like being embarrassed, but I've done more things. I put out more content. I've shared more thoughts recently than I ever have because now I am willing to embrace that embarrassment, willing to embrace that failure, willing to embrace being wrong. And as a result, I've actually ended up being right way more. Uh, so it's this paradoxical thing where, you know, when you're less afraid of being wrong, uh, when you're willing to be wrong, you end up getting more and more right. So that's how I'm wanting to link together everything from ego to humility, which ends up looking like leadership. And I want you to take this lesson, which is really important, and I want you to change, help me change the game of hockey let's make positivity and gratitude sexy let's make this more fun than ever uh, and let's really turn the game on its head we are the movement this is it thank you for listening